and welcome to the McCall Family Podcast. And that is right, folks. We are back. You know, all those noises. Hold on, actually, I think I might. There we go. Everybody's excited. <laughs> I am Stephanie with you, as always. And today we are recording in our new place for the first time. I was supposed to have my very amazing sister-in-law with me today, but she was busy and I still haven't heard from her, so we have a fill-in. So if I get caught up in my outline, it's because I was specifically talking to Katie. (laughs) And our guest today is the newly grounded Newly in trouble, with nothing else to do, Mikhail. Hi, buddy. Hi. <laughs> so how are you liking the new place? Great. Right, you love it? Good school, yeah. everything's good. Yeah. Yup, yup, yup. So, what do we both love? Top of the charts, favorite. Drag queens. Drag queens, that's right. And today, we're talking about a specific drag queen. Way before your time, though. Way before. Way before your time? Uh, no. Almost? Mm, no. How old? Well, it happened in the 90s. So. Oh, like six years after you were born. I was born in 84, so yeah, six years. it was 93. Oh, so that would be nine years. There you go. So, um, before we get way into it, we're going to talk about a few things, like uh, news. Let's start with the news. As everybody knows, um, Roe vs. Wade was overturned. Biden is wrote up something, hopefully, to help with that situation, but we still need to do what we can, everyone. All you people with uteruses, all you supporters of people with uteruses, <laughs> stand up. Let's fight the people who want to take away our rights to our body. Because as Mikhail knows, we he's 13. We have these discussions all the time. Abortion just does not mean what they're trying to blame it on. I myself had a miscarriage a long time ago before I knew Mikhail's dad. And uh, I, what you get, me and you have had this conversation, what they call a DNC, where when you have a miscarriage, they what we call dusting and cleaning, but I don't know what the actual term is, but they go in and they make sure to take everything out. That would be considered under the realm of an abortion, which would be illegal. And I actually was not able to get a DNC because my doctor was horrific. And I had to have the miscarriage fully from my body naturally. And it was awful, painful, miserable. And it went on for a while. And on not only that, it's just anything like an eptopic pregnancy is what we've talked about too, right, Mikhail? When the baby is on the outside, yeah. So it's not going to be yeah. able to be alive anyways. So yes, folks, I do talk with my son about these things because he may not have the ability to have a baby, but he can make a baby, and he does support women's rights, right? Yes. Right. Because if you didn't, give him a little, hold on, (laughs) a little slap. All right, we're going to get right into it now that I've 
children have political views, but I don't know if you can say it's a political view because if you're an American person and it's a woman's body, my body, my choice. Yeah. I don't think Mikhail should have a choice of what I do with my body. No. He can't tell me what tattoos to put on. No. He can't tell me if I can pierce my ears or not. Sadly, you can to me, though. Until you're 18. Yeah. You can't tell me what fingernails, what color I can paint my fingernails or dye my hair. Nobody can. Your dad learned that lesson a long time ago. <laughs> if you're going to tell me not to dye my hair blue, oh, guess what color? dad learning that to me. Yeah. <laughs> we give him a little of this. <laughs> A little slap. No, just kidding, folks. I'm not going to slap my husband. <laughs> so, as uh, many of you all know, I am a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, and it just, we both are, mm-hmm. and an overall fan of the art form of drag in general, because uh, we consider in this house, drag is an art. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it, anybody can participate. It is celebrating drag, you know? Man to woman, woman to man, drag queens, drag kings, whatever you want to do, your choice. Your body, your choice. You want to wear a huge wig, big false lasers, heels, do whatever you want. So, we love it. Being a fan of all this, I have watched the documentary called Paris is Burning a lot. I don't know what that is. You do not. It's based... the the, The documentary is about... I'll talk about um, is the drag scene and the ball scene from the 80s um, which is voguing you know that show I watched legendary yes it started when the um, LGBTQ plus community uh, blacks Latinos didn't have any place to go so they would go to these places underground not like literally underground but like they'd rent halls and stuff and have these voguing battles and they you know uh, on drag race they call it the realness like executive realness stuff like that that's based on this you Mm -hmm. executive realness is they dress in a suit and you have to look executive and they'd walk the runway and people would vote like tens 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 across the board yeah that means you're number one you did a good job yeah that's where all like any quotes any sayings stuff like that from drag you it, that's where this is all started. So, do you know the mini challenge they do with the reading challenge? Where they read the other queens. Like, they stand up and they put the glasses on. Yeah. Because reading is what? Fundamental? Yeah. You don't remember that? Those ones where they stand in the line, and one person goes up, stands next to Rue, wears the glasses, oh, yeah. and reads the queens. Like, oh, your teeth are so busted, and... You know what I mean? Your hair is so dry, you could use it to scrub my pots. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, to my non-drag fans, uh, reading isn't traditionally what you think. It's not reading a book or anything like that. Um, The woman we are talking about today actually explains what reading is, and I will use her words from the movie. Quote, shade comes from reading. Reading came first. You get in a smart crack and everyone laughs and kikis because you found a flaw and exaggerated it. And then you've got a good read going. Shade is, shade is, I don't tell you you're ugly, but you, I don't have to tell you you're ugly, but, sorry. (laughs) But I don't have to tell you because you know you're ugly. So I don't have to tell you you're ugly because you know it. That's shade. Same to you. No. (laughs) Unquote. So, basically, take a flaw and exaggerate it. 
right? Like, uh, my hair is dry, just like I said earlier, or your teeth are busted that you could open cans. He's the ugliest person I've ever seen. The, but there's no joke. Yeah, but there's no joke there. What's the joke? You're ugly. And there's a train, so. You will hear that one two more times. At least. <laughs> so, the sources I used for this episode are atlasobscura.com, inmagazine.ca, and of course the movie Paris is Burning. I also listen to multiple podcasts that have done this case to try and get an idea of how other people handled the case and how it would make this how I would make this different. So we're gonna just jump right into it. You ready? Let's do it. Boop. We booped. Boop. Boop. No, no, you touch your nose and say boop. Anyways. <laughs> Robert Bobby Worley was born December 18th, 1938. The only records that there are of his life are criminal records. So that's it. Did you do a background search? No. Oh. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> like I said, he was born in 1938. And all his records are criminal records. Cool. Yeah. You almost had a criminal record, too. I know that isn't the proper way to say it, but it's true. Like, that's it. All we know about him is that he did crimes. Yes. He had been arrested for raping and assaulting a woman in 1963 and served three years in prison for it. So, assaulting and raping a woman, and he only got three years. Three? That's it. One, two, three. Trace? Three. That's horrible. Right? That's it. But right now, in some states, they're trying to charge women with murder for getting an abortion. So, three years for raping... But if she got pregnant and the lady got an abortion, she'd go to jail for life. There's been other cases where this woman, I'm not sure the state, but a man raped her, got her pregnant, and then went after, got custody of the child, and now the lady that he raped is paying child support to him. That's idiotic. That's ridiculous. And the, there's um, rumors that he's now assaulting the daughter. So, give me a fucking break. Anyways, according to most sources, he was estranged from his family, so when he wasn't seen in the mid to late 60s, nobody reported him missing. So, right after he got out of jail, I think it was 66, 67, missing. Wasn't seen again. Uh, We don't know anything more about his story until the 1990s. Dorian Corey was born in Buffalo, New York, June 6, 1937. Dorian was born to Franklin Legg and Mary Fox Clark. At the time of Dorian's birth, they were not married, but they eventually married in 1947. So you have to remember back in this day, being born out of wedlock was kind of a big deal. What's a wedlock? Not married. Like, people... Kirsten was born, and Yaya wasn't married. To her dad. So she was born out of wedlock. Oh. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. Dorian was raised on a farm in Buffalo, New York. In the 1950s, Dorian got a job as a window dresser at a department store called Hengerer's. Is a window dresser the person that puts clothes in, like, the windows of stores? Like, on the mannequins and stuff? So, you know, when you walk by a big department store and they have a whole setup? Yep. That. 
like the window hole like design everything like that it's not just the clothes it's like if there was going to be like a scene that too cool fun fact about hengerers the william hengerer company known as hengerers was a buffalo based apartment store the company was founded in 1867 that's old right the stores offered cooking classes beauty parlors and restaurants they also introduced washing machines, ice boxes, vacuum cleaners, and sewing machines for the public to buy. So all of these things are, like, readily available now. I mean, we have two vacuums just here. Well, one in the car, one here. You know what I mean? Like, most houses have vac- a vacuum. Most houses have a washing machine or a fridge. Or my stove or my yeah, this well, like this specifically is like ice boxes, which back in the day they literally would have to cut a block of ice and put it in an ice box, and it would keep the stuff cold. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So, the Hangerer chain was merged into A.D.G. Silby's name in 1981, and the flagship store closed its doors for good in 1987. So the store is no longer a thing. Because it got merged into a different store. Because it was old. Well, I don't think that, but a lot of things merged. T-Mobile and Sprint yeah. is now just T-Mobile. But even before that, it was Nextel, Sprint. And you see? Which one is worse, T-Mobile or Sprint? It's T-Mobile now. Yeah, I know, but which one was worse, T-Mobile or Sprint? Like T-Mobile. Sprint merged into T-Mobile, so they took, they went into their, now. So now it just became worse, yeah. T-Mobile. Yeah. After Dorian worked as a window dresser, she got a strong love for fashion. So Dorian moved to New York City. Bright lights of New York City. I've never been either. I've been through New York, but I've never... Ditch my dad here. Huh? Ditch my dad. Go to New York (laughs) for, like, the rest of the summer. Yeah, okay. And I went... And uh, Dorian went to study at the Parsons School of Design. Once Dorian graduated, she began performing drag. This was something that Dorian was great at. Any fans of Paris is Burning would see that Dorian was a huge personality. Never seen the movie, but Dorian is, like, one of the main people they talk to. Is she dead or alive? Dead. How? Well, seeing as she was born in 1937. Oh, I thought you said this happened in the 1990s, so I'm like, oh, well, she was well, just... Born. I got I'll get to the story. How's that? Yay! How's that? How's that? Yeah. The whole reason we're here. <laughs> in the 1960s, Dorian toured as a... Toured? That sounds a weird word. As a snake dancer in the Pearl Box Review, which is a cabaret drag act. What's a snake dancer, you ask? I might... Know this. Go ahead. Well, I get snake dancers. I feel like they teach snakes. How, how to dance? dance. No. <laughs> like <laughs> Somebody that dances with snakes. Yeah, like, oh, what's the new fighting kind of? A snake dancer, and you think that they teach snakes to fight. That makes absolutely no, no. I think they fight snakes. That's absolutely. That, don't you think that'd be a snake fighter, not a dancer? Mm-hmm. It's a snake dancer, so they dance with snakes. Dorian was also one of the four performers who appeared on the 1972 Pearl Box Review LP, Call Me Mister, like M-I-S-S-T-E-R, because they were all drag queens. The other performers who worked on it with Dorian were Jay Joyce, Claudia McCoy, and Tony Lafrisky. I love 
I love drag names. I love the names people come up with for drag, like Trixie Mattel, Alaska, Thunderfuck, it's Detox. Kind of, it's kind of funny now that she has a motel. It's Trixie like, Motel, yeah. Yeah. Trixie Mattel, Trixie Motel. Now I see why she did it, just so she could say that. Like Katya is named after a Russian gymnast. Yeah. Because I just... I'm named after a Russian leader, kind of. You're not named after them. Katya no. picked her name specifically because of that. Because Kati is, like, obsessed with Russian gymnasts. Doesn't she speak Russian? She speaks, actually, a couple languages. She likes to learn languages. And she sings a Russian song, right? She sings American, too, but, yeah, she sings a song in Russian. Yeah. On top of Paris' burning, Dorian was actually in another documentary called The Queen by Frank Simon in 1968. The movie followed around a group of drag queens organizing and being part of the 1967 Miss All-American Camp Beauty Cat Pat Contest. Was this around the time where doing stuff like this was like banned or something? This is why they had the under the balls because they uh, yeah. they couldn't perform in public. It wasn't people shunned them. People would throw stuff at them. People would try kill to kill them. them. Yeah. So. A normal day. <sighs> the world, tell you what up. Uh, Dory wasn't in it as much as she was in Paris's Burning, but she did make her mark as she did wherever she went. Dorian became an accomplished costumer, winning over 50 grand prizes from the balls with her innovative looks. She ran and, design- and designed a clothing label called Cory Design. Now, a design that Cory came up with and used in a ball was a 30 by 40 foot feather cape. She would start with the cape on, and then she would take it off, and she would be in a sequent bodysuit, and two helpers would lift the cape up, and it would rise on poles, and it would rise and cover the whole audience. Isn't that wild? 30 by 40 feet. Like, it cover like, a tent. So she could finish her performance under the tent. Isn't that sick? Right. Dorian. <laughs> right. Dorian was a house house mother. Do you know what that is? They're a nanny. No. So drag drag houses like in legendary, they're like the house of La Beja, the house of Ninja, the house of Extravaganza. Their houses, which is all the drag or performers or the drag queens in that house, have their first name and then the last name is that of the house. So Angie Extravaganza, Venus Extravaganza, Patty LaBeja, they all have the last name just like a regular family. So the drag mother is the head of the house, and she'll, like, get her children in drag. She helps out. It's just like we're having a regular house, like a regular mom. In the, in the ball and drag scene, house mothers are a big deal. Like I said, they're the head of the house. They help all their quote-unquote children in more ways than just getting them in drag. Do they? Um, do they, like, do they live in, like, a huge mansion, then? Yeah, no. Oh. A lot of these people mm-hmm. come from being kicked out of their house. Yeah. Think this is in the 80s, right? Oh, yeah. So, Dorian was the mother of the house of Corey. So, a quote from Dorian when she did an episode of the Joan Rivers show in 1999 was, quote, you lend money to your friends, not very much money, and give advice. Sometimes if someone got evicted or whatever, you might take them in. 
unquote. So it's like, you do what you can to be, like... They're, to help. Well, yeah, they're their mom. They're their friend. They help them out. Like, when it came to being gay back then, and, you know, sometimes now, you hear all these stories about people being shunned, kicked out. Yeah. They're like, uh... People's parents don't know they do drag, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you, we see it all the time on Drag Race and stuff where they will talk about their families not knowing they do drag or their families kicking them out. Like Canada, how the person seeked asylum. Yeah, but they, it's not because they came from Canada. It's not, it's from being from a place that doesn't accept. Because there's still countries, I think there's like 17 countries in the world that still ban being gay. And there's countries that it is, you can get the death penalty for it. Yeah, you can be killed for being gay. So, you hear, like, people will kick their fa- them out and they'll be on the streets. So they go and join a house, and their house mother will help let them stay there, help them get back there on their feet, and be the family that they lost because they came out as being gay. Can you imagine that being, like, some southern states here? Yeah. Oh, it happens. It still happens. I mean, can you imagine if you told us and we said, get out? You, you are smiling because you know it's not going to happen. But what if that's we were very religious and we said, absolutely not. Get out of our house. I mean, you don't live like that here. I would go to somebody in your family. But oh, what I'm saying is, yeah, if we were like that. Canada. Well, oh, Canada. I don't know that. What I'm saying is, can you imagine? You can't at all, because that's not how we raise here, in this house. You could never imagine us saying, get out of our house because you're gay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I grew up not even knowing that being gay was, like, a thing that people had to come out as. I grew up, my uncle was gay my whole life. Obviously, you're born gay. That's my opinion. I never knew any different. He was mm-hmm. just Uncle Jimmy. Yeah. Him being gay was irrelevant. Yeah. Didn't... It had no effect on us as a family. Yeah. He, you know, had a hard time growing up. We knew that. Yeah. He grew up in the 60s in Maine. And Yaya has told me a lot of stories about him, get, him getting bullied. But no matter what, I mean, he was my uncle. I knew no different other than him being my uncle. Yeah. I just, it went up, like, as I grew up and learned that people had to come out and that people didn't like that, I thought it was very odd. Do you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean you don't accept somebody from being gay? What's the problem? How is that, how is that an issue? And then when people bring in the Bible, it's like, (sighs) it doesn't even say that. They misquote it. A hundred percent. Like, if you're going to say stuff, say it the right way. So, and it, you know what's even more scary is start looking around and start noticing things that are happening with our government right now. Like, with women and for the LGBT community. The majority of the Supreme Court right now is run by religion. The majority members of the Supreme Court were, are very religious. Yep. So, the next thing that's they're talking about taking away gay marriage. Aren't states just allowing that now, like in some states? Well, uh, Massachusetts, uh, in Vermont, like everywhere around us, 
it's not a thing. I don't think Ohio can. Ohio's bad. Okay, Especially yeah. with Roe vs. Wade and stuff. Yeah. It's not a good place for people. Oh, that's where it came from? No, but I'm just saying, like, Ohio doesn't have the greatest laws to protect people like me or you. And, Demi, what, are we going to start stoning people in the streets now? We're going to cut off people's hands that steal stuff? Yeah. It's, it's scary. It's scary trying to raise, a, you know, if any LGBT kid in this community environment or any woman in this environment yeah anyways tangent tangent over (laughs) so let me get back to the story as i was saying before dorian was a house mother she took care of the people in her community she taught them drag how to make costumes help them with a place to stay or money if needed and it wasn't like she had a ton of money because back then drag did not pay I thought she got like fifty thousand dollars or something. She got fifty grand prizes. Didn't mean it was money. Could have been a trophy. And it drag didn't pay back then like it does now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even with taxes. There's no there's no hundred thousand dollar thing prize that they could win. Oh, this is the eighties too, don't forget. Yeah, I still don't get that. She, so like I said before, most of the world met Dorian from the documentary called Paris is Burning, which I've watched a million times and your Aunt Katie's watched a million times, hence why I wanted to do this with her. That's Fun nice. fact about the movie is that in 2016, the Library of Congress selected the film for preservation in the United States National Film Registry as being culturally, culturally historically, or aesthetically significant. Other movies have, that have been selected are A Clockwork Orange, Oklahoma, Dracula, Titanic, and Pink Flamingos, which stars another famous drag queen, legendary... RuPaul. Divine. No, Divine. Oh, uh, okay. I have a question. Yes. The movie thing? Because I mean, you said I can't remember anything because it's so long. Yep. It sounds like the Smithsonian, but as a movie, Smithsonian. It's a Library of Congress. It holds... Have you seen the... Um, National Treasure, the movie with Nicolas Cage where they are looking for... I thought that was a whole bunch of... There's a couple movies. I thought that was a series, like a show. No. But have you seen National Treasure? Where they go to the Library of Congress to look for clues. I think so. They put a very important, like a copy of a very important book in there, very important movie, stuff like that. He, Fluffy used to have it. Have what? Uh, Treasure Show, a treasure movie. National Treasure. Yeah, yeah, they're on the shelf. Oh, okay. But do you do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, no. I don't. Okay. One of the last quotes in the movie is from Dorian. I think this quote will say a lot about the rest of our story. Quote: I always had hopes of being a big star, but as you get older, you aim a little lower. Everybody wants to make an impression, some mark upon the world. Then you think you've made a mark on the world if you just get through it. And a few people remember your name. Then you left a mark, and you don't have to bend the whole world. I think it's better to just enjoy it. Pay your dues and just enjoy it. If you shoot an arrow and it gets goes real high, hooray for you. Unquote. Now we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we will get down to the real nitty-gritty of what Robert Worley, an ex-con, and Dorian Corey, a drag queen, had in common. Yay! <laughs> 
and we are back. So what do you think of the story so far? It's great, but not like that she's like dead, but not that's not great, but you don't know well, I haven't gotten to that in the story. Yeah. But I know it's coming. Okay, but what do you think? Yeah, okay, so that's what you're curious about? Yes. You're curious of how these two people fit in together? Two people? Are they both dead? Well, Robert Worley's been missing since the 60s. Okay, right? then. All right. So on August 29th, 1993, at the age of 56, Dorian passed away from AIDS-related complications. Do you know what AIDS is? Nope. It's a very bad disease. Uh. She was cremated and her ashes were spread in the waters off City Island in New York. So for a while, AIDS people were trying to blame gay people for spreading it. Oh. Yep. There were even like ads on TV or in the newspapers of like families wearing masks saying like, watch out for the gays basically. Yeah. They have AIDS. Lois Taylor was a drag queen and took care of Dorian in the, her final days. Dorian and Lois were good friends, and Lois had been there beside Dorian, helping her while she was dying. Dorian told Lois that she could have whatever she wanted and then sell the rest of Dorian's possessions. In October of 1993, two months after Dorian passed away, Lois went to Dorian's apartment. And here's another train. (laughs) Lois was there to look for some Halloween costumes to sell to the two men she brought with her. Dorian was, like I said, a costumer and had amazing and elaborate costumes. Yeah? I remember listening to a podcast now. Oh. Like, when I was with you, that I heard that. Oh, okay. Well, it's good to know that so far, my story has been unique enough that you don't recall any of it. I don't remember anything else other than that. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. So literally. me telling the story meant that's the information that you had not uh, yeah. soaked in yet. While there, Lois and her friends were going through the acres and acres of costumes. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> well, just a bunch. Because, like I said, Dorian was a seamstress. They came across a green plaid, green plaid garment bag. Do you know, like, what you put a suit in? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, now, like I said, Dorian had these incredible costumes, so thinking that they hit, like, an amazing costume, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, there's this bag that nobody's touched, and I bet there's something really good in here. I'll sell it to you for, like, a thousand dollars. Well, they tried to open it, and they couldn't because the zipper was stuck. It wouldn't move. Cut open. Yeah, well, Lois gave one of the guys a pair of scissors so he could cut it open. The second the, the scissors broke uh, through the fabric, oh, a stench came out. It's a dead body. They stopped what they were doing, and in Lois's own words with New York Magazine, quote, that's when we called the police, because, honey, I wasn't chancing it, unquote. When the police arrived, they initially tried to insinuate that Lois had something to do with it, telling her, if your fingerprints are on it, you can be tied to it. Lois had a rebuttal saying, quote, I'll tell you one motherfucking thing. 
You might see my hands on top of that damn thing, but I only weigh 135 pounds. I couldn't even move that thing, unquote. She was not letting them try to blame her for nothing. Nothing, honey. She could be lying. She's not. Did she pass the polygraph test? This is 1993. They don't have those. Does it doesn't matter if you pass polygraph tests. They're inadmissible. Yeah. They're admissible in court. Wait, why are they Because it's not exact science. What do you mean? It's not. Just because you pass a polygraph test doesn't necessarily mean you're not lying. just means you passed the polygraph test. I wish there was a real lie detector test. Yeah, me too. I give it to you all the time. There are multiple layers to the bag. First, the green plaid fabric, then tape wrapping of like a faux leather called nagahide. Nagahide. Is it soft and fluffy? It's faux leather. I don't know what that means. My couch. Oh, yeah, that's sticky. Well, it's because you're always sweating. Yeah. And then plastic. So, it's like a horrific nesting doll. Do you know what that is? A nesting doll? It's when, like, a little doll fits into another doll. Oh, but they also make those other metal things, right? Where you put it, it's like, things, like, it goes, like, huge, right? I have no idea. I just know Russian nesting dolls. It starts with a big one, you open up. And it splits in half, and inside of it is another one. Is and it then, made out of, like, metal or tin or something? Uh, well, I guess I suppose it can be, but... Yeah, I've seen those. Sure. Jack had some. Did he? Yeah. He had a Russian nesting doll. Yes. Or, like, the metal ones that I'm thinking of. I have no idea what you're talking about oh. <laughs> at all. Oh, okay, then. Okay, anyways. Anyways. When they finally reached the center, it was not what they were expecting. Although, to be honest, I think that maybe they were expecting it to be something gross. I mean, either an, an body. Well, either an animal or something like that. A missing head. It was a whole garment bag. They found a par- practically mummified body of a man in the fetal position. It appeared that the man had been shot in the head. <clears throat> the only thing he was wearing was a pair of blue and white boxer shorts. As you guessed it, dear listeners, and as you already know, who do you think, well, I don't say, who do you think it is? The guy that was missing. What's his name? I wish you'd listen to me. Robert Worley. Mm, Yeah. I knew it started with R. Did you? Yes. I promise. He was partially mummified. As I said in the beginning, he was never reported missing by anyone, so it took some work to find out who his identity what do you mean partially mummified? Well, hey, surely I'll explain that to you. <laughs> so. Anyways. Anyways. I'll explain to you in about a little bit. How's that? I can't wait a little bit. Do you want to know how he was partially mummified? Yeah. Or do you want to know how they figured out who he was? Partially mummified. Okay, we'll go there first. So. Although a lot of people will call this story the drag queen and the mummy, it technically wasn't a mummy. Because... It was partially mummy. Yes. The leather and the plastic held in the liquid of his body. It was wrapped so tight that the liquid couldn't escape the cocoon. So part of his body was mummified, but where the liquid was sitting was not. 
sounds so funny the way you're explaining Think about it. It's gross. I know, but it's funny at the same time the way you're explaining it. What? Uh, the cocoon? It just sounds gross. It yeah. was. This is super gross. It's a dead body. You don't have pictures of it, right? No. Ew, no. I don't go looking for stuff like that. Well, some people do. Like us a podcast might do that. Yeah, because that's terrible. I don't want to... My, in my opinion, I'm you not going to go searching. Well, that, and it's, that is like... It's respectful? There you go. Looking at people's dead bodies. Yes, he was a convict. Yes, he raped and assaulted somebody, but he's still a person who was murdered or killed. We will we'll get into it. So, um, as I said, he was never for, reported missing, so they had to figure out his identity. Robert's body was covered in baking soda and, like I said, wrapped really, really tight to neutralize the odor. Robert's been missing since 1967, and this is in 1993. Mm-hmm. Around there. 66, 67. That'd be like 24 years. 25. Yeah, a while. Yeah. As they were unwrapping Robert, they found vintage beer can tops with the body. That's how they figured out it was him. They, that's how they figured out the time frame. Because they were like pull tops. So apparently back in the 60s, the beer can tops would kind of pull off like a SpaghettiO top. You know the SpaghettiOs? You have the, the thing and you pull it off? Yeah. Beer cans had that too. Don't they still have that? No. No, the whole top would come off. Like oh. like literally like SpaghettiOs, how the whole top comes off. That's weird. But then you, they're just, yeah. I don't freaking know. So that's how they were able to figure out the time frame. You're not that old. I know that. Yay, my mom's not old. <laughs> the lead detective on the case was Raul Figueroa, and he knew that those beer can tops weren't in production anymore. They actually stopped making them in the 1970s. Looking at the body in the beer can top, he realized that this man has been dead since at least the 1970s. That's a while. Right. So we're talking over 20 years this man was wrapped up like this. The coroner was able to do some special method to extract fingerprints from the body. And that's when they found out he was Robert Worley. They rehydrate the fingertips mm-hmm. so they can give the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 63, right? 63 what? That's when he went missing? Um, that No, he was arrested in 1960s. He was released from prison in 1963. So he was in... Yeah, 63. No, he was arrested in 63, and he served three years at the most. 66, then. So 66, 67, we'll call it. So roughly about 33, 34 years. I was totally Paris is Burning, the movie that I told you that Dorian Corey was in. That I want to see now. The documentary, yeah, well, when you're ungrounded. Um, They did the documentary. They went to these people's homes to film. So this was filmed in the 80s. So obviously the body was with her and at it her was home. In black and gray. What? And it was in black and gray, right? The movie? Yeah. No, not all movies from the 80s are in black and gray. Oh. What movies from the 80s do you watch? I don't know. I just thought there would be. I've shown you movies thing. from like. Back in the day, and they're not black and gray. What movies? 
I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Smokey and the Bandit, probably. Yeah, probably. Or older. Maybe. So, um, they show images of her at her makeup table. They're talking to her in her living room. That body's in that house as they're doing all this. That's horrible. Now, let us get to the theories of why this happened and how. Which, yeah. What do you think? You have no no idea. Because no. you're half listening to me anyways. No, I'm full listening. Okay. <laughs> what do you, what's your theory? What do you think? My theory is, so, the person, this, not Robert. Mm-hmm. Dorian, Dorian. The drag queen. Dorian. Killed Robert. Why? Because Robert, wait, Robert is trying to, got it, trying to kill him or her. One of those. It's her. Dorian's a, a girl. Oh, no. Golly, he's trying to rape her. Well, maybe. But Dorian's a trans woman. Mm. All right. So, that's, that could be close. You, that could be one of my theories. Here we are. There are actually many theories about this and stories. The first one we're going to get into is that when they found the note, um, when they found the body, there was a note with it saying, quote, this poor man broke into my home and was trying to rob me, unquote. This has never been confirmed but it makes it would make a lot of sense a friend of dory's dorian's sorry jesse torres confirmed that dorian did have a little 22 for protection dorian didn't live in the safety of places and the crew from paris is burning even came out to say that while they were filming they heard there were multiple gunfights outside of her house when they were filming and she was inside when yeah was no yeah but like she lived in a dangerous neighborhood ah well, yeah, now, now you may be thinking, why would Dorian keep the body? Why not get rid of it or get rid of it? Yeah. Well, Dorian was a black, black queen, black trans woman in the 80s in New York City who lived in a dangerous and poor area. Oh, yeah. The 60s and 70s. So she wouldn't, she probably would have been arrested. Even yeah. if it was an accident, even if it was self-defense, didn't matter. She was black. She was trans. Mm-hmm. She was gay. Mm-hmm. She had everything going against her for her to get any help from the police. Yep. Which is horrible. And she did, she lived in New York City, so it's not like she could have dragged the body out of the apartment to get rid of it, either. Put it in somebody else's apartment. <laughs> Another story was that Dorian and Robert had a relationship, and Robert was violent, and the murder was a crime of passion. So, like you said, maybe... Robert attacked Dorian, and Dorian killed him to protect herself. This is bolstered by stories from Lois, who said Dorian wrote a short third-person story about a transgender woman who killed her lover after he browbeat her into having reassignment surgery. This story was a little true where Dorian did have breast implants and was living as a woman. The story did have references to her actual life, including the Pearl Box Review. And the, it did hold some weight because according to police interview with Robert's brother, quote, Robert showed up at his brother's house one night drunk going on and on about Dorian, unquote. So it does kind of corroborate the story that they each, they knew each other and that it could be a love, uh, mm-hmm. like a relationship going wrong. Like Robert didn't want to come out as gay. So he was trying to get Dorian to finish his gender, reass- her gender reassignment. I got a new theory. Yeah. Robert is a stock. Another theory is that 
maybe um, they went to have a relationship and Robert didn't know Dorian was a trans woman and attacked her and Dorian killed him in self-defense. It actually happened a lot in this time and place. So one of the girls from Paris, the movie Paris is Burning, Venus Extravaganza, was murdered. On Christmas Day in 1988, Venus was found strangled under a bed, bed, my God, let's say bed one more time, at the Duchess Hotel in New York. The police believed that her body had been there for four days. They were still actually shooting the movie, and they included in the movie um, her house mother, Angie Extravaganza, reacting to the news of her drag daughter's death. Again, new theory. Hold on a second. The story was that maybe she had an encounter with a man, and he found out she was trans woman and killed her. In that case, about Venus Extravaganza is still unsolved. What's your other theory? Robert. Never. Nothing ever happened between him, him and Dorian. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying it's all a conspiracy. Well, one of the theories is that he broke into her house trying to rob her, and she killed him. No, I meant, like, nothing happened. Somebody planted the body. Okay, that's wild. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> um, although the story isn't really isn't really a story anymore, there was rumors that um, Dorian was maybe hiding her, the body for one of her um, house, like her drag family. So maybe that is a story. Somebody put it there because she was hiding it for somebody else, so they didn't get in trouble. See? It doesn't make much sense though because somebody would have mentioned it. And while she did have the body, she did move. So if you have a dead body and you're moving, just forget it there. What about the podcast that you were just listening to, like, yesterday? Like, that guy that he killed, like... His oh, and wife. kept him under the, the floorboards? Yeah, see, that's yeah. the thing. If you do that, then pretty much... It's crazy that. to think that she moved houses and dragged the dead body with her. How would I just, like, thrown it in a dumpster? I mean, I'm not going to, you know... I hope to not encounter Devon. <laughs> this is a story of Dorian, Corey, and Robert Worley. It is still unsolved. Nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows who did it, if it was Dorian or not. Is there anything you'd like to add? I... Sorry. I don't think Robert... I think... I think I'm starting to agree with this. She's hiding the body. Yeah, for somebody. But why would she move with it? Because she couldn't find anywhere to put it. If she put it in the house, yeah. she could have gotten caught after she moved. And yeah. if she tried throwing something in the dumpster, she wouldn't have probably got caught. Yeah, that too. Because it's right. very heavy. Yeah, it is. Duh. But you so, still had to move with it. Yeah. So, like, if she had people helping her move, like, would she make sure she was the one that carried that body? Yes, but also she probably wouldn't have people move with her because she's black. Or... Well, she has. Don't forget, she's yeah. the mother house, the oh. mother of the house of Corey. Yeah, but she. She, she had lots of friends, lots yeah. of family. Like she probably like would that. have had the house of Corey help her then, because she was probably hiding it for one of them. Or, maybe she did it, put it in there, and then forgot about it. Or she hid it for the extravaganza person. No. That girl was that poor girl. Yeah, we should do a case on that one. It's unsolved. Yeah, which is why we should try and solve it. We'll try. Yay! <laughs> well, thank you for, for recording with me today. You're welcome.
I want to thank everybody for their patience with me and my wonky schedule. I'm struggling, but I'm finally digging myself out. I'm doing it. I'm getting more organized. I'm getting less stressed. You know, all the fun stuff. Don't forget to follow us on our social medias, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. TikTok and Facebook is... The Macabre Family Pod? Cast. Cast, yeah. Yep. Instagram is Macabre Family. Facebook and Instagram are where we will post about all the cases and future ones coming up. And any pictures we talk about here, you can find them there. You can also email us at macabrefamilypod at gmail.com. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E familypod at gmail.com. And also... Don't forget to rate us and review us. Yes. And also, more, um, in the next two or three months, we're going to open a Patreon and... Being a part of the Patreon, you will be a part of the Discord channel that I have started. So. Oops. There we go. (laughs) Thank you again. We will be back next week for a new case. Check the socials for everything that's upcoming. And as always, stay spooky. Bye. Bye.